I'm Joe Woodard, and this is the Asia for Life podcast. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about Leanna Wen today. I won't be able to have a um, podcast conversation. Uh, it didn't work out with to, to arrange for someone to do it this week. But um, yeah, I just wanted to share some thoughts and opinions. And I thought I would use actually uh, Leanna Wen's own opinion piece in the New York Times from uh, when she was fired. She got this published on July 19th. Uh, so just a month ago in the New York Times, anything about Planned Parenthood, they're happy to cover them, typically in the best possible light. Anyway, I'll go ahead and, and start. And if you hear any background noise, uh, sorry, I, I don't have a great place to do this one today. We'll see how it goes, though. Leanna Wen, Why I Left Planned Parenthood. I believe abortion is about health care, not politics. Many of my colleagues disagreed. Okay, there's a great picture of her speaking at a pro-abortion rally, a protest against anti-abortion legislation outside the Supreme Court in May. Very um, strong picture of Leanna Wen there to protect Roe. Okay, this week I left my position as the president and chief executive of Planned Parenthood. In my farewell message to colleagues, I cited philosophical differences over the best way to protect reproductive health. And um, that farewell message is actually linked to in this New York Times article, and it links to a Medium article. The URL is Open Letter to the Planned Parenthood Family. And um, the title she gave it here is uh, To the Planned Parenthood Staff on the Front Lines Every Day, You Are My Heroes. So yeah, very dramatic situation she went through last month, being fired eight or nine months after being hired as director. Uh, so back to the New York Times article. While the traditional approach has been through prioritizing advocating for abortion rights, I have long believed that the most effective way to advance reproductive health care is to be clear that it is not a political issue, but a health care one. Uh, and I think that's a good argument. If you're going to make that argument, that's a good angle to, to do it. Um, I believed we could expand support for Planned Parenthood and ultimately for abortion access by finding common ground with the large majority of Americans who can unite behind the goal of improving the health and well-being of women and children. Um, okay, I'll, I'll keep going before making a comment. When the board hired me to chart this new course, I knew that it would be challenging. Few organizations, let alone organizations under constant siege, accept change easily. Indeed, there was immediate criticism that I did not prioritize abortion enough. Um, and I kind of saw this. Uh, her first few emails were were nice enough as the new Planned Parenthood director, but then her tone became much more dramatic uh, within her first month. I think, uh, as far as saying abortion is health care and just repeating that, like very, the tone was much louder after a few weeks for her. Uh, and more and more over the past several years, like it's very obvious they've been doing less of every other kind of uh, service and more abortions. Abortion is more of their revenue, more of their actual services. And even though they get two thirds of a billion US dollars from the US federal government every year, I think abortion actually is still their number one revenue source. I actually have to check that, but certainly among all they do, abortion is, it, it, there's nothing else that comes close in terms of numbers and uh, the amount of money, money they get from it. But anyway, um, yeah, she's smart to to try to make this the priority to change the angle that they're trying to persuade people that abortion is just common health care. 
When the board hired me to chart this new course, I knew that it would be challenging, da da da, sorry. While I am passionately committed to protecting abortion access, I do not view it as a standalone issue. As one of the few national healthcare organizations with a presence in all 50 states, Planned Parenthood's mandate should be to promote reproductive health care as a part of a wide range of policies that affect women's health and public health. Another area of contention was my attempt to depoliticize Planned Parenthood. Yeah, I could see how that would be difficult. The organization and the causes it stands for have long been in the crosshairs of political attacks. In the last few months, seven states have passed laws banning abortion before many women even know they're pregnant. She's talking mainly about the um, heartbeat bills, which will probably, um, I'm not sure whether they'll actually go into effect or not, uh, but they will certainly be overturned by the court system. Uh, if any of them make it to the Supreme Court, I think they'll be overturned there too, but most of them probably won't make it that far. We'll see though. We'll see what happens in a couple of years when that gets there. Uh, just this past Monday, the Trump administration announced that it would start enforcing a gag rule that would prohibit doctors and nurses working in federally funded clinics from referring patients to abortion care. I had been leading our organization's fights against these attacks and believe they offer even more reason for Planned Parenthood to emphasize its role in providing essential health care to millions of underserved women and families. People depend on Planned Parenthood for breast exams, cervical cancer screenings, HIV testing, and family planning. Okay, uh, she did not mention mammograms, which is um, a bit more honest than the previous Planned Parenthood director, Cecil Richard, Cecile Richards, because a lot of politicians and other other leaders would say that Planned Parenthood offers mammograms and that's why we should continue funding them but they actually don't offer mammograms so it was a big big thing when cecile richards finally before congress had to be honest and say no we don't actually give mammograms and we never said we never even we never even said we did yeah she was caught on camera before before the whole world it was it was a classic moment the idea about the gag rule okay when they say gag rule um it kind of makes me want to gag because their rule is just a way to stop Planned Parenthood from pretending that they are above the law and should be allowed to get away with robbery and murder, which is what they have been doing for years. And for the most part, in fact, for the most part, the government has been protecting them for all the crimes that they've committed, like the actual crimes, not just speaking as a pro-life person, but the laws that are on the books. Planned Parenthood regularly breaks them and gets away with them, even when they involve criminal legal prosecutable murder if you want more on why the trump quote gag rule is actually not much of a prohibition at all given how planned parenthood operates um they're effectively double dipping into uh, federal funding which is obviously not fair and uh, as far as i can tell illegal but um you can hear more about that from others like students for life of america okay so she does want to, she's saying that she does want to focus more on the other kinds of uh, health care that they offer um, to counter those who associate the organization with only abortion and use this misconception to attack its mission. I wanted to tell the story of all of its services and in so doing to normalize abortion care as the health care it is. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's a good argument. If you're going to make that argument, it's it's wrong, but I mean, it's it's a much more effective argument for more people. 
For me, as a physician, it was also simply good medical care to treat the whole patient. There were already some Planned Parenthood health centers that provided full-spectrum care. In one clinic I visited, a new mother could get a checkup while her baby was vaccinated. If she was diagnosed with postpartum depression, she could receive mental health services right there, too. Well, I mean, that's great. Like, if they are offering all of those services, that's great. Of course, all of those services are also available at, like, legitimate healthcare centers. So, um, yeah, Planned Parenthood is um, expendable. The whole organization could uh, disappear and not exist tomorrow, and every community in America would still have access to all of the healthcare that they need. With high-quality, affordable healthcare out of reach for so many, Planned Parenthood has a duty to maximize its reach. I began efforts to increase care for women before, during, and after pregnancies, and to enhance critically needed services like mental health and addiction treatment. Good work. Yeah, she really tried. She she uh, she did really try to make that happen, and, and she got shut down. But the team that I brought in, experts in public health and health policy, faced daily internal opposition from those who saw my goals as mission creep. They weren't always that way, but for many years, they have been an abortion organization. That's what they do. There was even more criticism as we worked to change the perception that Planned Parenthood was just a progressive political entity and show that it was first and foremost a mainstream healthcare organization. Yeah, I guess there was that strange perception that Planned Parenthood was a progressive political entity, partly because they gave $30 million to uh, try to get Hillary Clinton elected in the last election cycle. And um, they're probably going to spend $60 million in 2020 just to try to defeat Trump. Uh, but they've just lost $60 million. And so they're really upset about that. Okay, perhaps the greatest area of tension was over our work to be inclusive of those with nuanced views about abortion. Okay, this is, this is uh, actually an important part of the thing that she writes. I reached out to people who wrestle with abortion's moral complexities, but who will speak out against government interference in personal medical decisions. So the sort of people who um, say, I'm pro-life, but I don't think the government should have any say in what a woman does with her own body. I engaged those who identify as being pro-life, but who support safe legal abortion access because they don't want women to die from back alley abortions. Um, and I would say that's what she describes there is probably most Americans, uh, like the middle 50 to 70% of people, they don't like to think of themselves as pro-abortion, but they like um, abortion is not their first option, but they do want it to be there for uh, some cases or people who really, really feel like they need it especially because of the idea that so many women were dying from back alley abortions before Roe v. Wade, uh, which is actually based on uh, lies from America's biggest abortion doctor at the time. Okay, I even worked with people who oppose abortion but support Planned Parenthood because of the preventive services we provide. We share the desire to reduce the need for abortion through sex education and birth control. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. So she's willing to work with lots of different people as long as they're cool with um, their style of sex education and birth control. The problem, though, with their style of sex education and birth control is that it automatically, like by default, feeds back into 
needing abortions. There's no way to talk about sex and birth control the way that they do and not have abortion taken for granted as a backup. There were early signs that this approach galvanized new allies and was moving the needle on public perception. Despite many shocking laws passed this year, more legislation to protect abortion access passed in 2019 than in any year in recent history. Okay, I'm surprised she's saying this, actually, because usually Planned Parenthood is just saying the world is about to end because the anti-choice bigots are passing these laws that are going to make abortion illegal. And in fact, the pro-choice movement is still very strong and making a lot of headway, a lot of gains, like in New York with their bill to keep abortion legal even after birth in cases where the baby was accidentally born alive after a failed abortion. Okay, she says there was a poll last month that showed support for Roe v. Wade was the highest point in four decades. Uh, I haven't looked at that poll, and this is already really long, so sorry, I'm not going to slow down to look at that. But she continues, but in the end, I was asked to leave for the same reason I was hired. I was changing the direction of Planned Parenthood. Ultimately, my departure is not about me or the organization I continue to care deeply about. It goes beyond the movement for reproductive rights to the very ethos of our country. Can we put aside partisan differences to do what is best for the people we serve? Okay, this is great. Can we put aside partisan differences to do what is best for the people we serve? Yeah, I like that. Will the conversation continue to be dominated by a vocal minority from both ends of the spectrum, or can there be space for those of us in the middle to come together around shared values? Okay, she says those of us in the middle. That means that she thinks that she's in the middle. So I guess when she says the far both ends of the spectrum, she's thinking like the radical 1% on the far left or far right, and she's not in that 1% maybe. Maybe she's in 2% or 5% of the far left. And so that would be technically be in the middle, sort of. She continues, I hope so. We need to stop treating those whose views differ from our own with scorn and suspicion and instead work together to safeguard our health, our rights, and our future. Okay, well done, Leanna Wen. That was a, a very well-written article. Just to give her point of view, not even like to um, to explain why she left or, or whatever, or why she was fired as much as just to, uh, just in general, give her philosophy and her point of view. And I think she did a great job writing it out. And I, I mean, the last part, I think she is right. Like, even people we severely disagree with, we should be able to talk with them civilly. And I, I guess she's going to continue to try to do that. Um I hope that she is successful, like as a medical doctor and teaching medical students now that she's going to start working at George Washington University um, in her new job as, as a professor there. Um, yeah, just on a human level, you know, I wish her all the best. You know, she's had a really interesting and, you know, not easy life. Her family came in as immigrants from China after the Tiananmen Square thing 30 years ago now that they moved to America. And I also thought I'd say, I know Leanna Wen is never going to hear this podcast episode, but just in case, I'll put out the offer. I'd be happy to talk with Leanna Wen, and I know a lot of pro-life leaders would be happy to talk with her in a sincere and honest dialogue that is not just about trying to browbeat or like own or whatever the words they use now, uh, but to um, you know lovingly and respectfully dialogue, because uh, I, I think that is actually a good idea. It does help make the world a better place, and we can actually like make things better. We can figure things out and make better solutions than we have right now by doing stuff like that. Uh, anyway, I, I know it's never going to happen. Dr. Wen is she's a very, very highly qualified doctor, Rhodes Scholar, etc. 
I'm a guy with a bachelor's degree in philosophy who barely finished university. But I do feel like I understand Dr. Wen's background uh, more than the average American because um, I lived in Shanghai <laughs> for one reason. She, she, she grew up in Shanghai. And I also moved from Shanghai to a much freer and more democratic society, namely Hong Kong. Yeah, and I think that there there are things that are worth talking about. And I also like it's interesting that one reason I'm I'm so inspired to do pro life work in in Asia is partly because of my time in Shanghai. When I was living there, I lived close to the Planned Parenthood, not the um, American Planned Parenthood uh, like a abortion center, but it was actually International Planned Parenthood Federation. So the IPPF has this training center in Shanghai where they, you know, they do medical training and stuff. Yeah, so I was surprised to find out a number of years ago, um, you know, I knew so much about Planned Parenthood in America, but I didn't know how big of an international organization they were, and that they actually operate similarly in China as they do in America, working closely with the government, what was previously called the Family Planning Department, now it has another long name, a very long and complicated name to um, help, I guess, to help them prevent prosecution because they committed so many crimes against humanity. Anyway, just seeing the, the fact that this international organization, Planned Parenthood, was working in Shanghai to help China execute this awful family planning policy, which is literally the worst law in the world, that inspired me to, um, to do pro-life work in Asia. And it's just amazing that Leanna Wen's experience with Planned Parenthood in America was able to inspire her to work for abortion rights in America. So I, I, I don't know, it's just it's just really, really unusual that we could have such different experiences. And we're uh, basically the same age, both both in our mid 30s, and just on on totally opposite ends of the spectrum, as far as our view of Planned Parenthood. It's just really interesting to think about how that how that could happen. Uh, anyway, that's enough for today. Uh, I really wanted to talk about some other things Planned Parenthood is doing. They're they're in the news and it's great. It's great to see Planned Parenthood in the news right now because it's so bad for their publicity in general. Even though the $60 million is just a drop in the bucket compared to all the support they get otherwise. Yeah, it's just great to see like people are actually talking about why they don't deserve funding. And hopefully this is hopefully this is one, one step on the way towards defunding them completely. And eventually, maybe them going out of business. I don't think that's going to happen, but but we are praying for an end to abortion in America uh, because they do lead the way. America does lead the way on abortion issues in the world. So uh, I totally believe in, even though I would love to see, you know, more pro-life efforts internationally, what's happening in America is important too, uh, in, a, in a sadly outsized way. All right. Talk to you next time.